by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Welcome back to N17 Women, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to Tottenham Hotspur women. I am Caroline and I will be hosting y'all today and I'm joined as usual by my co-hosts, Rachel, Abby, and Sean. How are y'all doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Recovering from a quite late return from Leicester last night, but yeah. Happy to be with you all. I'm about to be descended upon by a horde of parents for uh, Thanksgiving, so I'm uh, racing for impact. Yeah, I've had a, a chilled day today, had a day off, so uh, yeah, just been chilling after the long trip to Leicester, preparing for the even longer trip to um, Manchester next weekend. At least there's a subsidized coach I saw, so that's nice. Y'all can all go together. Yes, everybody, um, book, book, book. £10 to get you all the way to Manchester. I know it gets back at silly o'clock in the morning, so it's hard to get back from, but that's not the club's fault. <laughs> so um, if you if you fancy, uh, yeah, £10 to Manchester, have a look on the green, Big Green Coach website and book your tickets. We need as many people as possible to book. Can't beat that I mean, price. It is a good price, but it is pretty much the worst one ever to have a coach to. Because if it's a 7 p.m. game and you're done at nine, you're going to be back in London after two and then you have to get back from Stratford. So it's not, you know, it's not going to be the most fun. I guess that's a lot of time to make up some new songs. There you go. Silver lining. Well, we do have to talk about the third draw in a row in the WSL for Spurs women. I think we were maybe just a little bit too confident with our predictions in the last episode, at least in terms of how many goals were going to be scored across the two teams. And, you know, as as these goals have started to dry up, maybe our episodes are getting a little more subdued as we go through the season. But it's important to remember that we're still unbeaten after the opening day. So could be worse. But let's start by talking about the team selection, because we had two enforced changes to the starting eleven due to Olga Atanen and Drew Spence's injuries. So Rhea Percival replaced Olga in the midfield, while Jess Naz came into the lineup for Drew, with Grace Clinton actually replacing her in the formation. So that left us with a lineup of Becky Spencer in goal, Ash Neville, Molly Bartrip, Luana Buller, and Ingrid James in defense, Evelina Simonen alongside Rhea in the midfield, Grace at the 10, and a forward line of Jess and Celine Bizet on the wings with Martha Thomas at striker. Uh, however, the formation was quite fluid in practice, and we saw a few tweaks throughout the game when substitutions came into play. So how did y'all feel about this starting lineup, and in particular, Rhea getting her first league start of the season? Yeah, I was pretty happy. I wanted to see Rhea get a start. I think last week we all said we'd love to see Rhea getting a start, so that was good to see Uh and yeah, trust in her and obviously she wasn't going to play the full game having not had 90 minutes yet but she got a start which was good and yeah I think um, it, it, I think it was what we wanted wasn't it? it was what we kind of said last week was where we wanted it to be so it made sense to me I think it was good for Rhea to get a start and to see how that worked and I think that the choice of putting Grace in the centre might have been as much about having pace on the wings and having Jess there to provide that we can talk about how well it actually all worked out, but I guess there was a logic to it. 
Yeah, I was happy to see where you get the start. My initial thought when I saw the lineup was, oh no, I forgot that we were actually going to have two midfielders out, not just one. And I was suddenly like, this is a way bigger miss than I think I was thinking when we recorded last week. Yeah, I think that it is. it was, wasn't it, in terms of both passing and also hold-up play strength, I'd say were the two big things that were slightly diluted in both cases. Yeah, and I, I felt like our midfield was a little less dynamic without Drew in the midfield. But let's start by talking about that first half. So the first bit of excitement we got was Ash Neville's superb goal line clearance following a Becky Spencer save on Juta Rantala's shot. So even though we did end up conceding first, it could have been much worse start to the game without Ash's heroics, which kept Missy Goodwin from scoring at close range. How relieved were y'all to see that clearance when it happened? We know that that's what Ash can do and that's what she brings to the party. So great to see that and, and you know, getting that confidence in early to to deny them a goal is a good thing. Yeah. On the television, it was like, it's just so great that we have a player who can like do stuff like that. And then we like see it and we're like, ah, yes, just Ash doing Ash things. Like it was an incredible goal line clearance. Yeah. She really earned the super Ash nickname in that moment. I felt like, Uh, but later on in the first half, I think it was in the 18th minute. We conceded a rare goal from open play, or at least rare for this season standards. Um, And I will note that we have now gone two games without conceding a penalty. So we have at least cleaned that up, which is good. But several Spurs passes had kind of been falling short in this half. And one such moment resulted in Hannah Kane receiving a through ball out wide after she had evaded Angrad's tracking. So she carried the ball up the pitch to cross to Janice Kamen, who had arrived completely unmarked in the center of the box. And her shot went past Becky to give Lester the one nil lead. So I think last episode, we kind of talked about our concern about being vulnerable to pace from Lester's wide players. Uh, How do you think that we did or did not, in the case of this goal, deal with that kind of threat from Foxes? I think there's a few different things that we could highlight. And the first was, like you say, a few people were sort of having loose balls. This one was actually from Ash, but it was in our own half. And that was an issue, especially in the first half. And I think it was partly about some of our new starters getting the rhythm of the game. Obviously that isn't Ash, but it was the sort of collective that there didn't seem to be quite as much rhythm as we've seen in other games, certainly for the first half hour or so. And then I think the other issue, which was an issue for a lot of the game was our right side seemed to be getting destroyed by Leicester repeatedly. And that kind of happened again here and they are pacey and some of their players are really strong. And yeah. And I guess the other thing is that and something we probably learned because she did it in the second half is there wasn't a tactical foul, which could have happened and slowed down a player at that point. Um, And, you know, full credit to has for, tactically fouling in the last 10 minutes or so where there was another player going on a break so yeah I think did a lot of things not quite working I guess but also they played well I mean we have to like give credit Leicester really did look fluid in the first part of the game at least well we know that Leicester you know were two up against Arsenal last week so they've got game um and they know how to play but um I mean I think part of the problem with it was there was just nobody 
watching that runner. The centre-backs didn't seem to know where she was. Um, she just slotted through the middle and um, Luana was worried about the player who passed her the ball and Molly was too far the other side of her to, for either of them to get back to her. Um, so, you know, and Ash did lose the ball, but she lost the ball not very far inside our half. So there was plenty of time for something to be done for people to position and to get back and people make mistakes. And that's supposed to be what we're all about in terms of not worrying about one person making a mistake. But, um, and I, th- I mean, I think last in the game last week, Ash would have recovered that ball herself, but she didn't do that this week. She didn't manage that this week. So, um, yeah, I mean, they were good, but obviously I don't know what happened in that central defensive partnership. They just didn't see her coming and she wandered into the middle of them and uh, put it past Becky. Yeah, and I mean, off-the-ball organization, I think, is something that's really going to suffer when you lose two of your midfielders um, in the same week, especially, like, Olga, we know one thing she's really good at is her off-the-ball work, and it's like, I feel like that's one of those things that's hard to maybe notice if you're just, if you're, like, watching the games and not, like, specifically watching Olga in every single game, Um, and I think... Like no, no fault to anyone else, but just like she is really talented at that, and that's uh that's part of the big miss. And I also thought that like, I mean, I thought Kim and did a, a great job with it. I I might be mispronouncing her name, but like she, I was just rewatching the goal on the replay, and like like she really was like throwing her hips around to like miss foot miss unfoot Becky. Wow, I don't know what word I was trying to say there, but yeah, I mean her hips were lying all over the place and uh yeah so good finish as well I guess just to add to that I think this was probably Luana's worst game for us so far and she maybe she still has some you know she came off last game half time maybe that she isn't up to quite sort of full capacity or that something's still slightly bugging her because she just felt a little bit off the pace sometimes and her passing was more lackadaisical than it usually is as well and so I think if you think about that whole side you have not you know you have obviously got maybe a less strong right back than we have a left back but you also then had Luana not on fully on her game at left centre back you had rear in front of her rather than Olga whereas the other side you know remained as strong because you still had Evelina in front of Ash it was interesting because I was there with um, I brought a friend who basically he goes to one game a year with me whenever he goes to a game in the Midlands. So he's seen us play Birmingham, Aston Villa, and now Net Leicester. And he said, yeah, overall he thought we were much better. And he this is the best game he's seen us play. So I'm really happy about that. You know, this is my brand sign of improvement. But quite early on, he commented on the difference between the two sides of both us and also Leicester. And he get you know like where Leicester was getting joy was down our right and left. Well, and I think you were right earlier, Rachel, to point out that, you know, Lester gave us a game. It was a competitive match. And I'm sure for neutrals, it was really entertaining to watch. So um, and it's not like we didn't have chances to equalize in that first half. You know, we had a few opportunities where we just couldn't find the back of the net. Martha had a header that was just a bit too tame to trouble Unita Leipzig. And there was also a moment when Jess sent her shot straight at Leipzig from close range. And Ash and Angred both had kind of chances to to get a rebound shot that didn't go in either. And that triple save from Leipzig was pretty demoralizing, I have to say. And I remember thinking, you know, a big halftime talk was going to be needed from Robert Wilhelm. So any other thoughts on the first half? 
I mean, I think you have to take some of the blame, Caroline, for how how well Leipzig, Leipzig was doing after saying that she wasn't performing quite so well this season because she did have a stonker of a game. Um, and, you know, really we should have had a few more goals than we would have if it wasn't for her. Um, it did feel a little bit like we were back to uh, when Kit got injured and Rachel Williams was having to drop back into the midfield and do all the work with Martha dropping back so much and not being in the box waiting for the ball. Um, so I don't know whether there's something that we need to work on there. Um, but yeah, just it wasn't it wasn't happening for us. So we were hitting everywhere but the empty girl. It was definitely one of those ones that by the end of the half, it felt like we were on a roll and we would get there. And I was disappointed when there was only two minutes of injury time because it felt like we were that close to scoring. And it did, you know, even within that half, feel like there had been a shift. And I think that some of us, our sort of new starters had come into the game a little bit more. And I thought Rhea got better. I don't think she started off great, but she seemed to be finding her feet a little bit more. And I could see her playing passes that were working. Um, it was interesting, again, my friend was again commenting to me like about how much space there was behind and, you know, that we weren't using that. And what was interesting is as soon as the second half started, we were using that a lot more and we were trying to get those balls in behind. So I think, you know, there were some tactical things that were clearly addressed at half time, as well as, you know, some changes made a little bit later on that I know we'll get to. Yeah, I thought we did come out looking much stronger in the second half and we got on the score sheet pretty early in the half in the 56th minute. So Celine has now scored two goals in two games. In this case, it was a pass from Jess that didn't quite hit her target, but arrived in some space for Martha to exploit. As Sean alluded to, she was dropping back to sort of claim that ball and hold it up before sending an inch perfect through ball to Celine, who scored with a very composed finish to equalize at 1-1. Thoughts on this goal? I mean, it really, like, I saw her hold up play and Martha's strength. It was impressive. And it made me think to myself that maybe there is room for the the strike duo of Martha Thomas and, and Beth England. Yeah, exactly. I am so there for that. She was great in this role. And you could see her. That pass was fantastic. And, I'm, you know, credit as well that we had two runners because Ash running at it as well as Celine meant that the defense weren't able to get to Celine in time and she was able to get a shot away which actually we spent a lot of the rest of the game with the defenders doing really well and getting their blocks and clearances in so yeah I thought that was really good you just mentioning Jess that made me remember that we forgot to talk about like how atrocious her miss was in the first half and maybe we should just forget it because we love Jess now but this was definitely a game and that miss was one that we should yeah she's not going to be wanting to look back at I mean, maybe she'll, Celine certainly seems to have picked up some confidence and gone on a little scoring tear. So maybe, maybe that treatment will work the same for Jess. And we're actually um, about to enter the Jess gets like four goals in four games era. I mean, the other thing that I noticed um, about the goal was that they didn't really celebrate it a great deal. You know, um, Celine looked to sort of almost celebrate with somebody and there wasn't really anybody there. So she went and grabbed the ball. And when Lester grabbed the ball, Ash did celebrate with her a little bit. But that was about it. So what that says about how the players were feeling about the game. And I think actually listening post-match actually to the way Ash was talking, I think the players were very disappointed with the game. And Robert was very positive with them in the post-match talk, but they had been very disappointed, um, which again, I think is maybe something that's a good thing to see in terms of the development of the squad from last year, where maybe we felt sometimes they weren't quite um, as disappointed as we were. 
Well, she did rush to get the ball out of the net and then the Leicester player like grabbed it off her. So you're right. I think that was her wanting to get on with the game. But we have to just absolutely like have some love for her celebration. Because, you know, last week when she did her celebration and she, you know, she punched the post. And this time she came and she punched Evelina's stomach. And it is just like my favorite bit of clip from this entire game because she looks like she's so excited to do it. You can see as she runs towards Evelina, just this little bit of glee comes into her face and then she does it. And then the photo they've got of Evelina afterwards, like Evelina is just sort of like so loving it. And it's just such a beautiful moment where you can see that they've been laughing about this already and it's a thing. And yeah, it made me happy because... They're not two players you see necessarily interacting all the time, and it's just great. I mean, I think we should point out they weren't. She wasn't actually punching her. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it was very light if there was any contact. But also, I think it's interesting in the the look on Evelina's face because she is uh, one of the more introverted players, I would say, and doesn't usually get involved in that kind of thing. So she was almost a little bit embarrassed by the whole situation. So it was very cute. Yeah, it was nice to see that little moment of levity because, you know, kind of like you were talking about, Sean, with Ash's post game, she was talking about not only the fact that we don't have a clean sheet yet in the league, uh, which has been frustrating the team, but also that, you know, they we've only scored one goal in each of the last three games. So I think they're cognizant of the fact that they really needed to get, you know, back into the game, try to find that second goal. But we did see a couple of early substitutions not long after that goal in the 59th minute. So Jess exited the match after a pretty frustrating performance to be replaced by Rosella Ion. And Asmita Ale came on for Rhea, which necessitated a shift with Angrad going into the midfield where we're more accustomed to seeing her. And Asmita took up the right back spot. And then a little later in the game, Ellie Brazil also got some pretty decent minutes um, in her second game back. She came on in the 72nd minute while Grace went to the bench. But, you know, as Celine has started this mini scoring streak for herself as a team, you know, the goals are not really coming. So should we be starting to worry about the inefficiency with big chances over the last few games? And as our listener Nigel put it, where has the press gone? definitely pressing off and on not every single you know every single sort of turnover but they were it was there was one chance where Martha nearly got hold of the ball in a really promising position and certainly as the game went on and some of the substitutes came on Leicester were giving away the ball quite cheaply because they were being pressed so I think it is still doing its job and I actually think that those substitutes were made again. It was a lot of it was around pace and, you know, playing the ball beyond the defenders because both Ellie and Roz were then running onto the ball. I also think that, you know, Grace didn't have the best of games. And so while I'm not sure that Ellie or Roz actually did a lot in the end, I also don't think that she was, you know, she wasn't, proving especially effective in this particular game. So I understand the logic of trying them. I would have liked to have seen Lin Yan Zhang um, just because I know less about her. So um, in my mind, she is brilliant and will solve all of our problems. But just because I think she's somebody who potentially has more on the ball control. And I think that Roz and Ellie 
and I think I, I should differentiate them. They were doing different things well. Um, Ellie was definitely challenging quite hard. She got called for a couple of fouls, I think, but she was, you know, which I didn't know was definitely her game. So that was interesting. But, she, you know, and she did sort of like half of things well and then other things. And Roz was, you know, typically Roz. She, a couple of decentish crosses, she won some corners, and then she also wasn't in the right place when you wanted her to be. So, you know, a not bad game from either of them, but no goals. Yeah, I think a press is an interesting thing because it's like, and I I need to go back and watch and keep an eye out to to know for sure. But I feel like if a team has a pressing system, it like works really well, and then sometimes it gets found out. Um, and like you know, we've had enough games that maybe other teams can start to see like how we're pressing and learn to play around it. Like this is just a theory. I like haven't seen, I haven't noticed, I haven't been paying attention to any evidence of that, let alone notice it. Um, and I will say also that like Liverpool, I thought are all were also a really good pressing side with a really good counter press, and so that explains last game. Um, why it might have been less effective and then yeah against Leicester like I don't know maybe we should maybe we've been found out so I don't think there's anything to be concerned about though because like new manager like getting the squad to play the way he wants to play like it's been a few games and it's like this is still well within the window where you have to be like you have to give Wilhelm time to like figure out the, the player you have to yeah give him time to figure out the players give the players time to figure out him and like you know managers are made like managers make their careers out of the adjustments they they make over time as they repeatedly get found out and adapt so I don't know seems fine I mean I think it is the the whole league is really interesting this season because there's not a lot of what we expected happening happening in terms of the quality of the different teams. So I think there's been a lot of um, teams not being consistent in these early weeks. Um, Leicester started really well and they've had a little bit more difficult time more recently, but they have clearly got a good side. Um, Liverpool have done ex- exceedingly well this season um, and got some really big points. Uh, and West Ham have been up and down so much. Um, Bristol started really badly, but now starting to put some points together. You know, it's still really lots of teams with new managers or differing squads. It's really hard, and I think with so few games in the season, you know, we're we're almost halfway through the season and we're still finding out about everything. Um, but I think, like Abby says, we've got to expect that the team are going to need time. Um, it is a bit worrying that we have so many chances in two games and haven't scored very many goals, but then equally it would be more worrying if we weren't having the chances. So, you know, we're, we're better than we were. And as I said, I do think there is something about Martha playing deep without anybody else as a, you know, proper striker up front that does give us some issues. Um, But again, it's also preparing us for when Beth comes back. So, you know, there are lots of different pieces to be slotting together and we're not losing games. We're we're drawing games, which might not be the most exciting thing, but it's better than it would have been last season. I mean, I guess that is a question, isn't it? That Martha did particularly drop back when Ellie came on. And my guess at that point was just that he wanted the fresh legs of Ellie to be pressing and running. And Martha was 
he decided gonna do a better job than I guess Kit, who would be the other option at number 10. And I'm not sure it entirely works, but as we've all said, Martha is doing a decent job dropping back. And maybe when she gets a bit more running into her and she's just a bit more used to the pace of the league, Ellie will be able to do that better. So I guess I'm not entirely against trying her there. I'm again not totally certain it works, but it doesn't, it kind of made sense. I don't know. I mean, I do think that we, you know, all of our players seem very hesitant to to um, take a shot at for a long time. There was lots of times where players seem to take an extra turn or move to the edge of the box or just not get their shot away quickly. And then weirdly, as the game went on right at the end and everything was getting frenetic, they were taking shots from everywhere and not finding passes. And so not weirdly, I guess that's what happens when you get into that final minute and you're trying to get something. But it felt like it swung from one direction to the other without finding the happy medium. I think it's worth mentioning that how like we say all the time how good Martha is at at running around off the ball and like you know pressing and doing all that good off the ball work. So with her dropping deep, she's obviously not going to be leading and organizing that line as much. Yeah, good points. And I think I'd feel a little more concerned if we weren't seeing any sort of adjustments, whether that was on a player basis, kind of like we've seen with Martha adding new elements to her game, but also, you know, Robert doing, I think some interesting things with his substitutions in the last few games. So it's, it's a nice change from last season where we often would get into the situation where the goals weren't coming and we just looked completely out of ideas. And on the positive side, Lester, I think really didn't get too many opportunities in their attacking third in that second half. The best chance they had was probably Samantha Tierney's shot to hit the crossbar. But for the most part, we were definitely the dominant side in the the latter portion of the game. So let's go back to the subs real quick, because we had a listener question from Sean. He asked us, is it time for the James at right back experiment to end? Especially with Olga out, the team looked better when Azzy came on at right back and James moved to central midfield. What do y'all think? I wasn't convinced about Angara James at right back. And I've said already today that I thought that our right side was weaker. But I think, you know, I have to give like a lot of credit. I think she has massively, you know, exceeded our expectations of what she was going to be like in that position. I think she's done an overall decent job. But I think that in this game, it did feel calmer when she was at, you know, centre midfield. I think she... She seemed kind of just a little bit freer. She was getting forward with more confidence. And I think that she's probably must play with a little bit of anxiety when she's at right back, both because it's new and because the defensive duties are greater. And I think Esmita, this last time when Esmita came on, she did not have a good game. And this time she did have a good game. She made a really important clearance. She got forward. She was part of a really nice passing move. Um, that involves kind of most players and you could see what she potentially could bring. So I am hoping that maybe that is a change that's possible. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't I don't think James has done a bad job um in defense at all. And I think actually, you know, probably having a player of her experience there is useful when our our wing players are so young. Um so it, it probably does make sense to have her there, but in the current situation we are lacking um a certain amount of um 
I mean, Evelina was everywhere yesterday, I felt, but, you know, that holding play in the midfield is important for us. Uh, and against Manchester City, maybe it will be a good idea to see James in central midfield. But we know that last season, when she did play in that central midfield role, we didn't quite feel we were getting the best of her. So it, it's, again, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And we know that Rhea can't isn't really up to 90 minutes yet. You know, this was her first start of the season. And I think, as with all the players who've not played much time, they're only going to get better with more time. You know, Kit's role in number 10 was great going forward, but sometimes wasn't so good defensively. But that, again, is of something about game time and getting used to the setup and things. And I think, um, you know, with Rhea, you know, give her a bit more time and she will, you know, she was improving into the game and she will, we know, we know the player that she can be. So I don't think it's a massive drama. I just, it's, and I'm not sure how helpful it is continually mixing that up. You've got to give people, which, you know, Robert has done so far this season, has been very consistent in his lineup. And I think that's a good thing because we've seen good things come from it. So um, I can see the point of moving um, um, has to centre mid with the injuries. But as I say, I don't think that her right back experiment has been particularly bad. Yeah, I have to agree. I think... um... I've liked some of the stuff I've seen from her. She worked there better than I expected. What I will say is I would end the experiment for the next three games, um, not the Conti Cup game, but like the next three league games. Um, just because I feel that um, Angarad has been stronger on the ball in that position than off of it. And in those three games, I expect us to not be quite so successful in our fight to keep possession um, and we know that in terms of the off the ball stuff, um, like Esmita has had really strong games or at least halves against some of the big sides in the past, even when the rest of the team hasn't been playing well, like last year, for instance. And so I know Villaham wanted Angra there um, for her passing abilities and the ability to keep the ball. But I would consider maybe at least for the next three games, trying Esmita. Maybe that's a little trial by fire, but um, I don't know. She's done it in the past. Well, and can I just interject to say, I'm not sure I want to see Angrad James at right back defending Lauren Hemp necessarily. So I, I have to agree with y'all. Like Angrad has done a much better job than we expected. Maybe the expectations were low because it seemed like such a left field kind of choice to transition her into that role to begin with but I do think Gazmita she just has a much better sense of timing I think with that position when it comes to you know when knowing when it's safe for her to kind of get involved in the attack and when she needs to be a little more conservative so and I, I think with Azmita, the first few appearances we had from her this season I I was a little disappointed by but this was kind of the game where I saw what we really have been wanting to see out of her so I feel much more confident about her perhaps getting a start after that one but let's just go with a general question to wrap up this game this one was sent in by David he asked us just how impressive is it really that we have gone from a side in a desperate relegation battle to a team that other teams set out not to lose to and who have to rely on their keepers for a point in just seven games I mean, it's a great start. Um, that's for sure. 
I I'm not sure I would look to Leicester as the side to hang my hat on because uh, uh, for that because they've gone they've undergone a similarly spectacular transformation if not more so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a great start. That's I think that's all that we can really say at this point. Yeah, I think we're doing really well, and I think it's as much the performances and the transformation of how we're playing as the fact that. We have not not had a defeat since the Chelsea game. You know, it's the way we are passing the fact that we are playing really progressive football, that the team know what they're doing and are coherent, and that that has persisted across games when we have taken the lead or have gone behind, and that we are frustrated and disappointed to lose not lose, sorry. It feels like a loss, doesn't it? Because it felt like we should have won, but we're frustrated and disappointed to go away with a point. And I think all of those things are the progress as well as the points because we don't have very different number of points right now to how what we had last season at this time. We just, after this point, last season went on a nine-game nine losing spree. So I am hoping... That we're not about to go on a nine-game losing spree and we will be in a much happier place, you know, come January, etc. But I think I have more confidence in that because I can see what the team is doing and it feels coherent and that is the big change. Yeah, I think uh, I, th- I think from my perspective, the whole, I think the footballing side of the club have got much more aligned um, and you can actually see the kind of the purpose and the plan of the men's team and the women's team being a similar kind of situation, which I think is good news. Um, And I understand that uh, from various points that there is talk about us strengthening in January and not just sitting on what we've got, which is good news. So I think, yes, from where we were at the end of last season, we're in a great position. But as Rachel says, we have to remember that we were here last season having a pretty good first half of the season. Um, and then it all kind of went wrong. So there's a long way to go yet. And if we can keep not losing games, we're going to be doing reasonably well. But, but the, the point is to keep that kind of that learning and that gameplay and the entertaining football and not find ourselves back where we were at the end of last season. God, we're all traumatized, aren't we? Like we're like looking at three draws going into a bad schedule and we're all like sitting over here shaking, going like, oh no. But the thing is, like, we actually like the vibes in this moment right now are like, yeah, a complete 180 for last year. And like, yeah, obviously vibes can fall apart, but like I think we're still starting it in like a, a way from a way stronger point than we were. And that is pretty incredible yeah even just the vibes you can see from the team from the players themselves I think looks so much improved over last season and just being able to see that kind of cohesive team identity and the consistent playing style that gives me hope that even though we have a very tough schedule coming up you know it's not going to be I think as dire as it would have been last season in the same position I think that part of it's also that when things go wrong, it feels like the team understands what goes wrong. And last season, a lot of the time we would have a good first half and then we kind of fall apart in the second half. And the comments about it just seemed very vague and like we weren't identifying what the problems were and those were recurring. And this season, 
we tend to be playing often better by the end of the game. We are feeling like, you know, it feels like where there are problems, they're being identified and things are changing. It doesn't mean that there isn't new problems emerging, but we aren't just in, you know, we're not just in a, um, you know, we're not just in a groundhog day, just going over the same thing over and over. And that's why it feels so different. It does feel like we are, we know what we're doing. Right. It's like you can't build a building with no foundation. And last year, like it felt like we had no foundation and like, you know, everyone in the press saying like these players look like they've never played together before. And like when stuff was going wrong, it wasn't just the final product, which was obviously also going wrong. It was like everything all over the pitch. I like, you know, struggled to think of like, times when we strung together more than like two passes right so it's like maybe stuff isn't entirely going our way now but it's like the foundation is there and there's like a structure in place for making improvements as Rachel said and like I keep seeing people say like on Twitter and in various channels like oh wow like they look like a team this year uh and I think I think that's a really funny thing to say because it's like obviously they were they were like a team last year but like yeah I don't know I just yeah it's the foundation is there 100% well let's shift to talking about the WSL more generally so we had a couple of interesting news items this week Everton's Nicolene Sorensen announced her retirement at the age of 26 to quote pursue other interests she will depart Everton at the conclusion of their December fixtures were y'all surprised to hear this I was (laughs) I was interested to hear the phrasing the club used that uh, the player had had informed the club so it sounds like there's a bit of something going on there but um yeah I mean odd to do it mid-season so doesn't sound like she was terribly happy uh and I guess when you've got players, we do see this more in the women's game than the men's game, obviously, because they've got kind of often had dual careers at some point. So, um, but I, I don't know too much about her situation to know what that might be. I think if you haven't yet, it's worth reading some of her words on this matter um, and like stuff she's written about like her um, feelings towards professional football in the past. Um And I think like the sense I get is just like, yeah, she wasn't happy and she knew what she wanted and she knew it was time to make a change. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, But I think like, I think it's really interesting and I think it's worth reading some of the stuff she said if you, if you get a chance. Yeah. I liked what she said in her post announcing it about, you know, making decisions based on what was best for her and not what was kind of expected of her in her career. Because, you know, 26 is awfully young for a footballer to retire and, you know, Everton are definitely going to miss her, but she's got to do what's right for her. One thing that it makes me think of is like, like I often find myself thinking about this um, in relation to men's football and how, you know, there's sort of this like imaginary goal that like some people set of like women's football to get as close as possible to men's football and that is the direction of growth we should be going in but I think it's a moment for us to pause and reflect and and think that like the things that we ask professional athletes to do are like batshit insane and like it they are not (laughs) it is not a good 
career for having like a happy home life or family life or like social life or anything that like many of the rest of us would would value um and i think it it is like the thing she said it's like a really good opportunity to pause and and reflect and just think about like the magnitude of the things that these players are asked to do and like the sacrifices they're asked to make well said definitely just to add to what abby is saying i think it's also you know if we think about the la- you know that in the women's game the amount you can earn is relatively modest and so the desire to keep on going until you've earned your maximum and then you can retire for life or for most of life whatever else be- isn't the same and so if you are going to not earn millions and you are afterwards going to have to have a career then to some extent why not get on with that career and you know there are these different questions aren't there especially if I have you said you're making these ridiculous sacrifices and having to have quite a hellish life in order to earn not that much I mean I don't I'm not saying she was badly paid I don't know how much she's being paid but I'm guessing she's not earning the kinds of figures that only a few in the women's game are yeah and I just want to add one more thing because I feel like I do not want what I said to come across wrong I don't think men should have to do these things either I'm not saying that like women are like less than men and shouldn't have to measure up I'm saying like we should question regardless of gender um like the things we're expecting of these people and asking them to do no, absolutely. I guess I was just thinking that men do it, because, you know, and they will keep doing it because the rewards are so huge that it's much harder, like for them to actually say, I don't want to do this anymore, because the loss is so big, and the potential gain so big as well. And in a way, women have that freedom, which is a good thing. But also a bad thing, because it's because they don't earn as much. So there's a sort of double edged sword there. Well, and even beyond just the earnings question, I think, there's the mental health aspect as well. And there's a lot of examples, you know, from men's football that their kind of traditional career path doesn't always um, suit a healthy mindset either. So yeah, it's a tough situation, but you know, people know when it's time to retire ultimately, I think. Um, And actually perfect segue to our next news item, because a player who just retired from Spurs last season, Karis Harrop, Uh, she was really passionate about her dual career, which is great. But before she retired, she did claim that record for most WSL appearances. And that has now been broken by Sophie Ingle. Um, But Kara still holds the record in our hearts. We also saw a pretty interesting attendance record for a WSL game at Old Trafford. Um, So Manchester United had 43,615 fans watching the Manchester Derby. And City ended up winning the game one to three, despite conceding a first half penalty and losing Leia Alexandri to a second yellow card in the 72nd minute. Did y'all catch this game and have any thoughts on it? I was kind of watching it happen like on Twitter, but I couldn't turn it on because I was hosting 15 people in my house for Thanksgiving, pre-Thanksgiving party. So I was like, wow, it seems like some stuff is happening now. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of frustrating that most of the WSL games were on Sunday because Saturday I was like, where are the games? I would like to be watching something. And there was only one. But yeah, uh, I was having a really nice Indian restaurant, an Indian meal in Leicester. So, you know, eh. 
that's probably better than watching a game where let's be real we can't really root for either team so (laughs) Aston Villa now have two wins in a row after losing five straight to start the season they defeated Rianne Skinner's West Ham team two to three at Chigwell Construction Stadium so any thoughts on how Rianne's new team is doing or Aston Villa they're kind of reverting to what I thought they would be like and then was surprised they weren't for the couple of first couple of games. I think both of them that's true of. So I think Aston Villa, since Kenza Dali is back, is the Aston Villa we thought they were going to be much or much closer to it. And I think West Ham are, you know, being much more like the Spurs that we used to know were, um, including, I'm just going to highlight this, we are bottom of the um, table in terms of fouls committed and yellow cards. Oh, no, sorry, we're third bottom on fouls, bottom on yellow cards, and West Ham are, of course, at the top of that, um, as we always used to be under Rianne Skinner, because it's a strong physical team. Yes, perhaps that was not a coincidence at the time. The only other draw of the weekend besides ours was a 2-2 draw between Everton and Bristol City. Bristol remain bottom of the table on goal difference, although they are tied on points with West Ham. And Chelsea and Arsenal cruise to easy wins with a 5-1 for Chelsea against Liverpool and a 0-3 away win for Arsenal against Brighton. So I think as expected with those results. Um, And we ended up fifth in the table after the weekend's results. How are y'all feeling about being in fifth place at the moment? No, not fifth. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I think uh, it's a pretty good place for us to be. I think, you know, we were not as hopeful at the beginning of the season. We were kind of pitching ourselves a bit lower than that, I think. And whilst, yes, we've got a long way to go and there's lots of games to be played, we've we started well. And fifth place, I think, is a good place for us to be right now. And the second half of the season is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I would have minded being fourth and we would have been without the win but hey you know we're gonna have to live with fifth for now I think what's interesting is all of the underlying statistics about how the team's been performing also put us at about fifth so I think we are on par for how we have been playing and that's good and I guess it's a bit of wait and see for the next three games where we are at that point yeah, getting something from any one of those last three draws, I think, would have had us actually in third, um, which would have been crazy to think because um, City are on 13 and we're on 12. I, yeah, I mean, it's exceeded my my expectations for the season so far, that's for sure. I think, like, I, I really want to commit to seeing this as a building year. So, yeah. <laughs> I know it was hard not to get ahead of ourselves after those first few games, I feel like, but now we're kind of having to accept again that we are, you know, a new new team under a new manager. So I feel like fifth is pretty good considering. And I also think, you know, given that one of our big issues at the moment is converting some chances and we know that Beth England is on her way back. Hopefully we have a very easy solution to at least one of our problems. Yeah. And, you know, we might not, see her probably in these you know last couple of games that we're just about to preview that take place before the next international break but the December games there's there's a chance she may feature so can't wait to see her back in the pitch 
But like I said, we've got two more games, um, one of them midweek on Wednesday in the Conti Cup group stage, and then one in the WSL. We've got a tougher opponent in the second round of the group stage than we did for the first round. We'll be taking on fellow WSL side Bristol City. And luckily, this is a home match. And that's lucky because it means it will be streaming on Spurs Play for anybody not able to make it out to Brisbane Road. Um, Because as we know, the FA player doesn't get all of the group stage games. And although we have already beaten Bristol once in league play, it was a 3-1 home result where the only goal scored by Bristol was that penalty. The Robins have managed to score in all but two of their fixtures since we first faced them. Amelie Thestrup, who converted that penalty in our matchup back in October, is their lead scorer with four WSL goals. And it looks like center back Brooke Aspen has also been a pretty key player for them. Uh, And Robert has hinted that we will once again see some rotation for this cup fixture because there are still some players that he wants to see more of um, that we haven't seen feature as heavily in the league. So how are y'all feeling about this cup game in general? I mean, I'm a bit worried about rotation against a better side. I mean, and Bristol are a better side than they were at the beginning of the season. Um, And they have, uh, you know, they've been getting some good results, so we shouldn't be taking them lightly. And I do think, you know, getting out of the group stage and getting a quarterfinal would be great for the team in the Conti Cup. Um, Although it's made more difficult, of course, now by the fact Arsenal are in our group. But again, that means that we've got to be getting all the points that we can if we want to make the quarterfinal. Um, So, yeah, I'd like us to see us putting our best foot forward in this one and and going for it, really. And if we get the maximum points, even if we come second in the group to Arsenal, we can get to the quarterfinals. So it's not, you know, hopeless, given that they're in the group. Also, we can beat them. But I guess the other thing, though, is that Bristol really have to stay in the league. And so their WSL games are going to be even more of a priority than ours. So my guess is that they are also going to rotate a little bit just because they probably can't afford not to, not because they necessarily think that they have a B team that is strong enough to beat us. So, you know, if we're playing guessing games and mind games in advance, I feel like you can risk quite a lot of rotation and still have a team that is decent enough to play against whoever they put up. And I would like to see quite a bit of rotation just to give people some breathing time for example, I mean, Evelina has become like so absolutely essential to everything we do that if we lost her at this point, we would be, you know, we would be, you know, up shit's creek. So, you know, I would really like her to have a little bit of uh, rest, um, you know, maybe Ash get a bit of a rest as well. I don't know who else, uh, you know, those players, Martha probably needs some time off of the pitch. Yeah, I think like, it's um I'm happy to see some rotation for exactly that reason. And I think there's a balance to strike because like the team has problems to solve right now. And I think a game like this where there are stakes for sure, um, but maybe not, I don't know. I mean, there's stakes, I mean, to put it that way. Like it's a good chance for some problem solving to happen in like a real high pressure context. So yeah. And I'm just looking forward to having a game to watch in the middle of the day when I'm sitting here at work, wishing that I was already off for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think I would just like to see uh, Robert use all five of his subs, which I, I don't think we've seen that maybe in any league game yet. 
So, you know, if we're going to talk about rotation, it's not just the starting lineup. Um, substitutes, I think, also were a key part of that. So agreed with those suggestions. Do we have any score predictions for this one? I want to see lots of goals. Let's just say, I don't know, 4-3 to Spurs. Like you say, a bit chaos, you know, lots of changes. Obviously, that would not mean that he had solved the keeping a clean sheet problem. But hey. I mean, yeah, it's either going to be that or it's going to be a cagey affair, isn't it? With um, not much going on. Um, I'm going to go two one. I don't think it's going to be. Um, don't think it's going to be all over the place, but hopefully we'll get a couple. Um, but I don't. Uh, I'd like. I'd like to say you know we get that clean sheet, but if we're going to be resting people like Ash, that's going to be less likely. I think. Yeah, for me, it all comes down to like whether Bristol is going to rotate or not. I'm, I don't know. I'm finding it tough to nail this one down. Yeah, I think I suspect they probably will do a little bit of rotation because their priority really has to be the league right now. So I, but I also think we're going to be conserving a little bit of energy knowing that we've got city coming up just a few days later. So I I think a, a one nil or a two nil to Spurs, nobody could complain about <laughs> All right, then on Sunday, as alluded to, we face Manchester City away in the WSL. We haven't been able to get a result against City since the infamous Hand of Raz moment back in September of 2021. It's been a while. And City have had a few stumbles already this season, and they only just passed us in the table this past weekend. But they will definitely be in high spirits after winning their Derby match. Um, And they've been getting goal contributions from all across their squad, so how do we approach defending a team with so many attacking threats? Well, I think we have to look at the fact that they've gotten like four red cards so far this season. Oh, no, sorry. One of those was last season. Three red cards this season. Uh, and I think we just have to bait them into fouling us off the pitch. So that's looking like a job for Evelina for me. And I think that um, I think that we just have to get them down to nine women and then uh, they'll be low hanging fruit. <laughs> For the taking. Interesting, yeah. No, I love that call. Because, you know, Evelina got fouled five times in the last game. I mean, so she is the woman to do this. She, like, and she annoys people, doesn't she, somehow? She just, like, really does. So, yeah. I mean, and it, in a way, it's good. Like, like Alexandria won't be playing for them. You know, maybe they will have a slightly weaker defence and midfield than usual. Um, or, or does the Conti Cup... Oh, the Conti Cup probably counts, doesn't it? She probably can use her suspension and then be back. I don't know. Does anyone know? I think she can, yes. So you're right. She probably will be back for our match. Oh, great. So they'll be at full strength. So that doesn't give us any options. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, they, they've been missing a lot of chances earlier in the season. They tend to need a lot of opportunities to convert. So... I don't know. It could be a, like you say, they've had some quite up, you know, I mean, their discipline has been a bit upside down. They're a bit, it's hard to know what you're going to get out of them. Obviously they have more than enough to beat us if they're all on form, but maybe they won't be. And maybe Martha will do her genius stuff and we'll be fine. 
I mean, I'm not sure the uh, losing players thing is going to affect them so much. I saw somebody commenting on social media after the Man United game. They went down to, um, they lost a player and they just instantly all knew where to play because it's happened to them so much this season. Um, so I'm not sure that will really help. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, maybe we've just got to hope that they see three 1-1 one, one draws in a row and think that they're going to have it uh, have an easier game against us than some of the other teams have thought uh, and we can go in and you know I mean, yes the hand of Ross was you know a particular moment in history but we have won at that stadium before so there's it's always there are always possibilities and you know if we've you know done our job against uh, Bristol and, and got our ducks in a row in terms of playing positions and things we could come at them with a slightly different take than they're expecting. Who knows? You've got to have some hope, right? But ultimately, so long as we, as I say regularly, don't concede lots of goals, and so long as we keep that kind of two-goal deficit thing we've been chasing for a couple of seasons, at this point, I think we've got to be happy. I just remembered as well, Celine scored there last season, and, you know, she's now on her flow, so maybe she's going to be looking forward to going there. She's going to score a couple of amazing goals. Martha as well get one from pressing their keeper and it will all be perfect. Yeah, their keeper is is vulnerable to a press, that's for sure. So gotta keep an so eye what on you're that. Saying is we're gonna lose uh five four. Yeah, maybe this will be the goal fest that we didn't get last weekend. Totally possible. Well, I mean uh, any, but- any way to get lots of goals, right? And get the players scoring. That's you know. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh we talked about you know, hoping some players are going to get some rest in that cup game. But what do you think is our ideal starting lineup for this fixture? Any tweaks to the the usual lineup we've been seeing? I don't think I want to see Grace starting at a 10, but I'm not entirely certain who that means should be. Perhaps Kit. Do we know when Drew's going to be back yet? I might like to see her if she's Ready. Yeah, I think she might be back. I think it was only a couple of weeks, wasn't it, they were saying for Drew. So there's a possibility that Drew will be back, which was good. Because um, I think, yeah, I think one of the reasons Robert's not been playing Grace in the middle is because she is still a little bit defensively naive and a little bit too focused on trying to push forward rather than trying to pass the ball, um, which creates problems for us when she's in the middle that they're less when she's on the wing. Um, so while she's been a fantastic player for us and, you know, lots of good things defensively and and. and possession why she can sometimes lose out so um yeah I think I think fingers crossed is that Drew is back and ready to go for this game um because that'll make a huge difference to us and maybe Jess playing a bit better than she did against Leicester although if Drew's back Jess probably won't start assuming that Drew is fit which obviously we all hope she will be I think having Grace back on the wing might be a better better idea uh, it's just City's midfield of Hasegawa, Jill Rod, Angledal. It's pretty strong. <laughs> We're really going to need players who are both sort of strong and quick thinking. And Grace is really quick thinking, but she also occasionally, as you were saying, Sean, on defence, can make the odd foul or potentially isn't able to, you know, isn't, you know, Drew's just got all of that experience and she would, we need her. Good shouts. Let's get some score predictions for this one, which I don't know if I even want to make a prediction about this match, but we got to do it. Well, you've already got mine. Yes. Okay. The 4-3 you said? 5-4. 5-4. Four. 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 
five four. Okay. So I'm going to predict one all because hey, let's keep the let's keep the pattern going, and this time I would be much less upset to see one all. Uh, I think I'm going to go two one City, but being happy with that result because it's a uh, keeping that deficit down and a progress because we all accept the hand of Ross was a uh, particular uh, particular moment in history where City were not playing well and we got away with something. That's like the kind of thing that's going to be on our like iceberg meme in five years time, like way down at the bottom, it's going to be like hand of Ross. Well, I'm going to try not to be naively optimistic as I usually am. And I'm going to say a city win, but I think it's going to be fairly high scoring. So I'll go with the three, two. All right. Well, we will be back next week to talk about both of these games and any other news that pops up in between. Until then, you can follow the pod at N17Women on Twitter and find where to follow us individually in the show notes. Feel free to leave a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice if you've been enjoying the episodes and share with a Spurs-loving friend. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you.